Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Uh, we are finishing up. Um, this, this is most likely the last Sunday that we're going to go through our series on control. October 12th, we're going to start a series, and, and we really are emphasizing the home groups. And we're emphasizing, I mean, home groups are like the life group that we have where you walk with other people. It's a six-week series, so we're going to start groups. Some groups are already existing, and they're like, oh my gosh, we haven't met in forever, and they're going to get together, and then some that are still meeting, and then some that are just going to start from scratch. Um, and like when I said, hey, everybody greet each other, and uh, if you want, sit down and hide, that's me. So if I were to go to a church and we were to move to Nebraska and they said, hey, you should probably join a home group, I'd go, yeah, because it would be too scary. So we get that. However, Jesus made it very clear he intended us to do life together. And so regardless of whether you're nervous about it or feels uncomfortable, God intended us to do these things together. So twice a year, we overemphasize being in those groups. Um, We will also have smaller groups. Esh is working on something where we're trying to create these smaller groups. So you're like, oh, home group is kind of hard for me with this or that or for whatever reason. But um, groups of between three and five, group of three and five guys or three and five girls that are going to go through what does it mean to follow Christ. But for the series coming up, October 12th, it's the Bible. In fact, the slide is so cool that uh, Hairspray made. Can you put that up? It's the one... um, that looks like uh, Schoolhouse Rock. And if you're younger, you're like, what's that? And if you're old like me, you're like, oh, yeah. So um, it's on the Bible. Uh, where did we get it and what do we do with it? Because, you know, we, we study the word, but where did it come from and how do we? So that's what we're going to be going through um, starting October 12th for six weeks. So but what we're talking about this morning, typically I try to, I, I, I like to teach on things that I feel like, I, I've got a handle on this in my own life, meaning I'm doing my best to live this out and I feel as if I'm making headway. However, this morning, we're talking about forgiveness, being forgiven, and how to forgive, and this is one where I'm struggling. And so this isn't one where at the end, I'm gonna wrap it up with a nice little bow and do that and everything's great, um, because I thought that from my childhood and and different things, like I kind of understood this. And then I've realized how hard it is to really accept God's forgiveness. I mean, it it sounds easy when he offers it, but it's another thing for us to humble ourselves and to really let go. And at the same point, we have friends, family, whatever, that, that we really have a hard time forgiving or we bury it or we're like, you know what? They're not done paying yet. They've got to pay a lot more, and I'm not forgiving them until the score is settled. Uh, I was with um, one of my best friends. We get together every Friday morning and um, kind of challenge each other. We don't call an accountability group. Um, I'm not a big fan of accountability groups. If you're in one, I'm sorry. I was in one too. But the reason I'm not into accountability groups is because what it makes me think of is, hey, let's just make sure we don't mess up, Okay. So let's just make sure if I'm messing up, you tell me. If you're messing up, I'll tell you. But instead, it should be more like, no, let's go and let's, 
dominate for Christ. Like, let's, let's be fearless. Let's, let's go for it instead of, oh, don't mess up. And so that's what we do. We challenge each other. And um, so I'm going through this with my friend, one of my best friends, and I'm, I'm talking about this battle. I'm like, you know, I thought that from my childhood I'd done this and that. And he said something that was so powerful about forgiveness. Because I said, I'm not sure if I've forgiven. And he said this. He said, we had a little table, you know, a coffee table. They make them so small so that you can't actually put anything on there but coffee. <coughs> but we had like sunglasses and it's, it's like the old west, you know. They would come and put their guns up on the table. But nowadays, you come and you put your wallet and your cell phone and your keys, you know, put them all up there on the table. It fills the whole table. So we have all these things on the table. He said, it's as if we're standing across from each other. And if we're going to forgive, we're not punishing them, right? It's as if we take everything and we move it out of the way so there's nothing between us. And as he said that, I was like, whoa. He says, it's as if the other person goes, so we're all right then. Have you had that with someone where, like, they did something and you're like, whoa, I think we're all right then. I thought we weren't. But the way they're acting makes it sound like there's nothing between us. Like, we're all right. That's forgiveness. Now, when we say that there's nothing between us, that doesn't mean that you automatically trust them. Oh, yeah, come on. No, that would be dumb because there's situations where that's, that's just unwise. But it's where you're removing it and say, I'm not going to punish you anymore. And so there, there is a road between us. It may be a long road, but there is a road. Um, in terms of that, it doesn't mean to forget either. It doesn't mean, oh, this never happened. But as you forgive, you do start to forget. It's the craziest thing. If you haven't ever forgiven anyone or been forgiven, you'll realize that it does begin to go in the background. And in terms of being forgiven by the Lord, the things that you just, there's no way, how could he possibly forgive me? Like that debt is just too much. You'd be so surprised. And this is a big deal. This is a, you, we all here carry this issue. In fact, it's a primary issue, one that we're going to look at where God seems to be fixated on dealing with forgiveness. Why? Because we all have to deal with this. It, we all have these instances in our past that live rent-free in our heads. We also have individuals. I want you to think about the person that if we were to say their name from up front, all of a sudden, if something would happen inside of you, whether it be here, whether it be here, whether it be in your wrists, and your, but something would just, maybe it comes out of your temples, the little veins pop up, or maybe you smile and you just pretend, but inside you're like, oh, like it's that person's name, right? And that turmoil, we all have that. And we have different ways of dealing with it. Sometimes we're like, you know what, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not even going to give that person the time of day. Or that instance, I don't want to think about it. That thing I did, that thing I said, that thing I stole, that action, I don't want to think about it, so I'm going to put it to the side. And some of us think in terms of an exchange, and if someone has done something to us, we're like, you know what, God, I understand that the Bible says that revenge is yours, but I don't really trust you to do it the right way, so I'm going to make sure that it's done right. I know I should trust you, but I'm really, this is really important to me, and this person did this? And they need to know they did this. And I will make sure that the score is settled. And that's that terminology, that score. But this is such a big deal. This is such a big deal for us to deal with. 
because I want you to hear this, and I'm not overstating. Unforgiveness can literally kill you. You know, we, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, and we think, oh, so the wages of sin, we're talking about heaven, hell. No, the wages of unrighteousness, and there's nothing more righteous that you can do than to be forgiven and to forgive others when you have that freedom, and that's what it is. When you have that freedom, there's something that happens inside of you, and you're released, but if you don't have that, it literally can physically kill you. So I said, I'm going to take you on this personal journey of mine. I've been doing a Bible study, I've been studying, I've been researching on this, because I thought, oh, I'm doing pretty good with this. And with my sickness, they've told me, oh, well, you know, a lot of this could have to do with unforgiveness. We found this in these patients a lot, and I was like, who are these whack jobs telling me this stuff? <laughs> sure, yeah, unforgiveness is the reason. But I want to um, share with you a couple, of, just a few things, I don't want to wear you down with it, but a few things that I've learned about health and forgiveness. Um, Dr. Alexander Lloyd, who's this really well-known therapist, has a large practice, covers a lot of the United States. Um, this is what he said about um, health problems. He said, I'd never seen a serious health problem where there was not an unforgiveness issue. He said he's never seen a serious health problem. This is a therapist. So he's talking about mental health and physical health. So you're like, okay, that guy's crazy. That's his opinion. Keep your own opinion. Then there's other guy, Dr. Ben Johnson, MD. He deals primarily with cancer patients. Uh, actually, that's the only people he deals with. And um, he said, I've never seen a cancer patient who did not have an unforgiveness issue. And I'm thinking this is the only guy that said it. So I looked around and I found others that said the same thing. I'm like, is this a new thing? And it's not new necessarily, but it's becoming more prominent. In fact, in my research, I went uh, and looked up Stanford University, uh, the Center for Disease Control, and Harvard Medical School. See, if I throw those out, they sound kind of impressive, right? Because if I say Alexander, your lawyer, like, who's that guy? Ben Johnson. So what? Ooh, Harvard? But Harvard, Stanford, the Center for Disease Control, the Center for Disease Control, in case you don't know, I become familiar with them. They are uh, connected with the government. So it's the government's uh, way to deal with disease. And they all emphasize that stress and a lack of peace are the primary cause. Between 90 and 95%, that's kind of where they say, they're the primary cause of all diseases. Let that sink in. Seriously? So what this is saying is, is when we talk about the wages of sin or death, that unforgiveness, because there's no greater stress. There's no greater stress in your life than that deep stress that's relational. Whether it be your relationship with the Lord, like I'm this type of person, there's no way God would ever love me or care for me because he knows what I've done. I know he said he'll forgive me, but I'm sure this is that issue. Or I can't forgive myself. Or it may be with someone else. However you deal with that. I mean, think about it. When you say the word stress, which by the way turns off your immune system, but when you talk about stress, we talk about, well, where there's work stress and financial stress. Work stress? You know what you're stressed about if you have work stress? You're stressed about something relational involved in that. I'm not going to get this thing done at time. Why do you care? Because of the person on the other end that wants that done. Or how I'm going to look to other people if this happens. Or it could be in your marriage, right? What is it? It's relational. What is it financially? Is it really an issue of dollars and cents, or now as we deal with numbers that go from your bank to this computer, and to, is it really that? Or is it the stress of, I'm gonna be letting these people down? 
or other people will see this and I'll be looked at as less because I'm going to lose my job. Do you really care about losing your job? How many are like, oh, I can't wait to work tomorrow. So it's not like, oh, I'm not going to be able to work. It's like, oh, but what am I going to look like if I don't have a job? There's all of that stress that's relational. And when you really come down, there's no greater stress than unforgiveness. That is exhausting. And it's this underlying stress that just tears you up from the inside. And so what I want us to do is I want to take you on this journey that I've been going on. I'm not going to do what we typically do on a Sunday morning. I'm going to just take you through a Bible study that I've been going on. And I'm going to kind of cursorily go through it. Um, First off, uh, there's no slides for this, but we've been going over this the past few weeks. And if you watch Jesus, the man, the son of God, was so fixated on forgiveness. I can just imagine the disciples going, oh my gosh, are we dealing with this again? Like when, when the, the man was lowered, the paralytic man was lowered into this little house and his four friends had lowered him to be healed, physically healed. And he's there and everybody's watching and Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. Okay, we get it. But the guy's legs don't work. Did you notice that? His legs don't work. But Jesus said, no, this is a bigger issue. And that's why we're going to deal with this. And then um, a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, the, the prostitute woman. Who she, she comes in and she's forgiven. And she comes in to be with Jesus because of that forgiveness. And in his interactions with her. The, the, his focus was her being forgiven. Because of the shame and the guilt and the stress that she was dealing with. Um, the adulterous woman who's brought before by the Pharisees, brought before Jesus saying, hey, we're supposed to kill her, right? Like you know what the law says. And he says, whoever's cast the first stone, if you're gonna cast that stone, then you must not have sinned. So if you haven't sinned and you don't need forgiveness, then yeah, chuck the rock away. He's dealing with everyone there on the issue of being forgiven. Hey, if you don't need to be forgiven, then fire away. But no one could do that. He's addressing that issue. Um, the criminal on the cross. I mean, he's got one criminal here and one here, and he looks over at the one criminal who's, who's repentant, who's saying, I'm so, I've lived this life, I'm not worthy. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. That guy has done nothing to deserve it. In fact, he doesn't say, hey, I'm sorry, please forgive me. When you think of those situations, right, with forgiveness, you're like, I will forgive them as soon as they say, I'm sorry, right? Like, as soon as they say it, like in, in those situations in my childhood, it's like, if they would just say this, if they would just say, you know what, Eric, that's my core name. I don't know if you know that. No one calls me that. And if you do, I'd love it, but I won't hear it because no one calls me that anymore. So it's like it's a name that's dead to me. It's like my secret Indian name. <laughs> but in my childhood, if they were to say, Eric, you know what, I'm really sorry. Oh, but that doesn't mean I forgave him. And even if they never say it, that doesn't change the issue of unforgiveness because I have to deal with that. And Jesus, it's like he keeps dealing with it over and over again. Peter, after the resurrection, he comes back and Jesus is like, hey, go tell everyone, but especially Peter. Why? Because Peter's dealing with all his guilt and shame. And you can just see the disciples going, oh my gosh, are we going to talk about forgiveness again? Isn't there more in this world than just forgiveness? Yes, but there's nothing more important. The cross is the focus of forgiveness. And it starts with us being forgiven. And we cannot forgive others. The reality is it's, it's beyond our ability except 
by God doing it through us. And it begins by us remembering what he's done. And so um, I want us to start by looking at um, Luke 11, which in the beginning is, it's called the Lord's Prayer. And I only chose a section of it. Um, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but really it was Jesus teaching us how to pray. Because, for example, he talks about um, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Well, in the phrasing alone there, Jesus couldn't say this prayer, could he? Think about it. Jesus can't pray this. Forgive me my sins. So it's not for us. It's not the Lord's prayer. It's the disciples' prayer or the followers of Jesus. It's their prayer. They said, teach us how to pray. He said, pray in this manner. Not like you need to copy the words, but it's this, this manner. And so you have this prayer, and there's only one issue that he hammers twice. Forgiveness. Think about that. And this is a short prayer. It's not like this long, drawn-out thing. It's very simple. And within that, he deals with forgiveness twice. And so there's two different versions here I want us to look at. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So that's the way it's translated in Luke, indebted. Isn't that what it feels like? Like when you feel as if you've done something and it's just too great and you know God sees everything, you're like, no, this, what I did cost too much. I did something beyond the line. There's no way. It feels like a debt. It feels like you owe something. And when you know what it is to, to owe money or if you pay off a school loan or you pay off a car, you just want to throw a party because you feel free. Because once you're not in debt anymore, you feel free. So forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Matthew 6.12 just focuses right on debts. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So if you're like, well, what, what, is it, what are we focusing on here with forgiveness? As I'm going through this, it's that idea of debts. Because when I look back at the issues that I'm struggling with, I'm thinking, those people were supposed to do this, and they weren't supposed to do that. And so they need to pay up for that. And I really don't sit around and walk around thinking about this. I didn't even know it was still inside of me. And I don't even know if it has anything really to do with my health stuff, but it needs to be dealt with. And it needs to be dealt with because Jesus doesn't seem to let it go. I mean, I just gave you a few examples of Jesus interacting with people. But you notice he deals with people that are some of the farthest out. You're thinking, wait, why, why doesn't he just deal with normal sinners? Why does it have to be the people that we go, well, they're higher on the list? Really? Is there a list? But I love the fact that Christ made it obvious by being, bringing grace where grace shouldn't be so that we would know it was grace because that's what forgiveness is and when he's teaching us to pray he's saying look when you come to pray you need to think what is it that I need to let go of what is it that I need to come before the Lord or others and ask for forgiveness because either I know I owe it to the Lord or I owe it to them or they think I owe them which is a very difficult one to deal with right let's look at it Matthew 5 Matthew 5 23 and 24 Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, now we don't have an altar here. Um, uh, later in the Christian faith, they, the, the churches started putting altars up front. But the altar they're talking about is the altar where you would come and make a sacrifice before God or an offering. And I want you to keep that in your mind. You've heard us talking a lot about offering over the past few weeks. We're not talking about money here. 
but you would take this offering and bring it before the Lord. And so as you are bringing your offering to God and you remember, so you're trying to do something to God, God, I want to I give, I want to sacrifice to you, but you remember that your friend, brother, sister, acquaintance, whatever, you know that they think you owe them something. Whether you agree with it or not, it's saying you need to go and deal with them first. And of course, when we hear that, we're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that because it hurts too much. But Jesus is not going to let this go. Why? For us. You're not free. They're not free. It's a miserable way to live. Luke 6. These are all Jesus' teaching. So we saw what Jesus did, and he's just hammering this home to us. Luke 6, 27 through 37. But I say to you, listen. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Let that sink in for a second. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Lord, really? You're kind of taking this a little bit far, aren't you? No. Because that's what Christ did for us. When, for us to be able to forgive others, we've got to understand the amazing amount of forgiveness and grace has lavished onto us. And there's, part of our sin nature is our inability to really accept it. How could I possibly receive that kind of grace? Maybe it's for other people, but it couldn't be for me. Yes, it's for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that no one should perish but have eternal life. And Jesus said, I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. And if you want to have life to the full, we have to deal with this issue of forgiveness. We can't ignore it. We can't hide it. We can't take control of it and say, Lord, I'm not going to let you deal with this forgiveness thing anymore. I got this. We don't have this. We have to surrender. For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But love your enemies, do good, and your reward will be great. Okay, what is that reward? I'll tell you what it isn't. When you get to heaven, you're going to get a big house and lots of gold. And you get to surf all the time and play tennis. And you get to watch Mad Men all day long. That's not the reward. If you've ever experienced what it is to be forgiven... If you've ever experienced what it is to let go of that, that grudge, that debt that you've held on, I've got it written right here, and it's deep. When you've ever let go of that, you know what reward he's talking about. There's nothing greater we could go through. I mean, there's so much else I want to take with you. I guess the last verse I want to show us is John 20. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Peace. What does that mean, peace? It means, it means to have peace, to not have any turbulence, to not have any stress. And I'm not talking about the, the stress you're thinking of here, but the stress that's deep down, that relational stress. It means letting it go. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He's sending the disciples, but he's also sending us because we also are followers of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ here, hey, you're off the hook. Now, your unforgiveness will still kill you, but you're not required to follow Christ in this. But when you make a decision to follow Christ, 
This is what we do. And part of it is, is we help free others from this. We free them in our own relationship, but we also free them when it's completely separate from us. And so I want to finish with telling you what, um, what the homework was that uh, we went through. Um, so Nordy and I, we had these, this conversation, and we talked about receiving God's forgiveness. How do you do that? Do you just sit there and say, okay, God, am I forgiven? I mean, how do you deal with that? This is something that if you're a follower of Christ, you are a minister of Christ, which means you are given, you're given the responsibility to be available for this. So most of the time when people want to be forgiven of their sins and they want to go talk to someone, well, I better talk to a priest or some pastor person because I think they went to school for it or I think they got some piece of paper that made them official. No, if you're a follower of Christ, this is what you've been given the authority to do. And so although I'm going to share a couple of experiences where I've done it for other people, this doesn't let you off the hook. This is a gift you are given to do. And so a couple times I've had people... Um, and recently I had one where their past, they, they just couldn't deal. They said, I have, I have a hard time w- with dealing with this. There's this stress. There's this anxiety. I can't do certain things that I want to do because I look back at my past, what I've done with these, in these romantic relationships, what I've done with these substances, what I did to my parents, and I just can't function in the now. I know I'm forgiven, but it doesn't, I, I can't accept it. And so with this one person, we went to the harbor, and we sat down in a chair, and I told, him ahead, I told him ahead of time, I said, I want you to write down everything. I want you to write down everything. Don't just say vaguely, I want their name and what you've done, and I want you to take time to write it out, because it's just floating in your head, and every time we talk about it, it's really vague. Write it down, and it's going to wear you out. But it's already floating around in your head. Just put it down on paper. So this person put it down on paper, and we got together, and I, and I said, let's just go through it. Now, what am I going to do? I'm sitting there the whole time going, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? So I didn't know what to do. I just said, Lord, I'm going to be praying, and I'm standing here for you because what am I going to do? But I want to show you the rest of this verse right here in John 20, 21 through 23. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So I'm sitting with this person. They're going through the list. And we go through it, and as, as we're talking, then I grab the paper, and they're still talking. There's different ways to do this, but I just felt like I need to start ripping this paper up. And so I kept ripping it. it was, unfortunately, it was too thick of a paper, so it was really hard. But I had to keep ripping and ripping, and I wanted to just make it so small, there was no way to ever put it back together. And so we're sitting there at the harbor, and I, and I said, now, these are gone. Like, you wrote it, you said it, you asked for the Lord's forgiveness. He said, as far as the east is from the west, you're separated from this. It's gone. And he goes, I said, just take it in the harbor and just throw it. I know most people would say that's littering. Just blame it on me. It's going to dissolve. It's really light paper. And um, the person said, no, you know, I got a blowtorch. And I want to use the (laughs) blowtorch. Hey, do what you got to do, man. Um, Because I remember with another person, a girl actually, we did that. I just brought like matches and burnt it right there on this picnic table just in, in front of her. Like, it's gone. As far, it's gone. And this person uh, that week got in touch with me and said, you know what, it was the most amazing thing. When I saw you ripping it up, something left me. Something like left my body, my shoulders. It was freedom. 
you can't forgive others until you know what it is to be forgiven. Think of that person that you can go to and ask for forgiveness. You might not even know them that well. but Say, hey, you know what, I heard about this thing where I write down things. I, I want to come and I trust you. Would you just pray with me and would you forgive me? Since you follow Christ, he gives you permission, as it says in John 20 and in other places. It's not the only other place. He's giving you permission to stand in his place and for me to receive his forgiveness visibly through you. And you're standing there as they're sharing this going, why am I doing this? Hey, don't be so prideful to think about yourself. Just stand there and care for them in that moment. And the other thing is, um, in terms of forgiving others, this was the homework that my friend gave me and I gave him. And we did it immediately. So it was those people that pop up in your head. When we leave Hidden House, you call them. He only had one. I had three. But as I got in the car, put the little headset in, and I called him. And it wasn't like, hey, you know, about that issue, it was nothing like that. Remember what it was, forgiveness. Because already, I've already talked with him and dealt with, this, dealt with this stuff, but it was more of just calling them, and I just said, hey, how are you doing? I was thinking about you, and I was just checking in. And the thing was, we knew this as we gave it the homework. When someone calls you and does that, you're like, so there's, everything's cool with us? You sense as if there's this open door between you. You don't even have to deal with the issue. It doesn't mean it hasn't been dealt with before. It doesn't mean you ignore it. But it's that sense of, hey, we're good. And so one person I called, and they actually answered, and they're like, hey, yeah, okay, yeah. And you could tell the surprise in their voice, which lets you know they thought there was something between us. Um, but it's that sense of absorbing it, like Christ did for us. There was no expectation this person was going to say sorry. We didn't even deal with the issue. In fact, I know this person will never say they're sorry. They said that. I will never say I'm sorry. I never did anything wrong, ever. The word ever was actually in there. So what do you do with that? Well, they, then I'll never forgive them. No. As Christ forgave us, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and forgave us. And the, the other person I shared about a couple weeks ago was my mom. And she was so surprised. She talked to me for like 40 minutes. My mom never talks to me on the phone. And she just kept talking and talking, and it was a sense of freedom she had. And the other person I called didn't answer and didn't call me back. Oh, no, I better. What are you going to do? I just let them know there's nothing that I'm going to hold. And I'm learning, and, and this is something where we're called to be perfect, which is beyond us. And so in this forgiveness and receiving this forgiveness, the Lord has to do it. Let that sink in for a second. The Lord has to do it. You ain't that good. And so that's your homework. And so um, I asked uh, Kim and the team to put connect cards on every table. Oh, I guess those aren't tables. Those are tables. Those are chairs. So everybody grab one. Unless you're sinless, then you don't have to grab one. So if you're like Jesus, don't grab one. I want you to grab it. I want to invite the worship team up. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do with those. You're not going to turn them in. You can, the ones that you want to, because you want to be connected, you want to ask for prayer. But what you're going to do with that is you're going to take it, and you are going to either, or maybe you have to do both, you're going to begin to write the things that you feel like, I need to be forgiven for this, and I don't know how to receive this. If you've already asked them and set free, there's no reason to write it down again. No reason to keep circling around. But that thing that you try to let go and it just seems like it's stuck to your hand and it won't leave or you're trying to throw it out of your heart like, Lord, forgive me for this, but it doesn't seem to leave, write that down. 
and then find someone today. You're going to call them today and say, can I sit with you this week? No, we're good. Because, you know, when you get that phone call, hey, can we talk? Oh, what did I do? Because you're so used to not forgiving people and being forgiven, it must be something wrong. So you're going to let them know, I need to be forgiven by God, and I know that you follow Christ, and so you've been given this ministry, and I need you to do that for me. And they will freak out, and they will not know what to do, and you coach them through it. Just tell them to do exactly what we did. They don't have to have a blowtorch, but whatever they want to deal with it, that's how you do it. And sit down with them. The other thing is this. If you have those names that are popping in your head, if you're driving home from here alone, put on the headset. We don't want to get in accidents. Texting doesn't count. Um, And you just call them. Say, hey, just thinking about you. Clear the table. Set it aside. So you're going to take that card and you're going to take it with you. And do not let it sit for longer than 24 hours without acting on it. Which means you can't go to bed. Because when you wake up in the morning, oh, I didn't get to it. And then it's just going to slide to the side. The wages of sin is death. And Christ came so that you could be free. And the reality is for some of you, you may have never come before Christ and say, forgive me for this. The Bible is clear. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How good does that sound? Please stand with me. Um, This final song is how they're going to lead us in prayer. Um, The basket's going to come around for an offering. Don't drop that card in that you fill with the forgiveness stuff. That's yours. But if there's something else that you want to put in, um, that's what it's there for. Father God, we lay these offerings, the ones of forgiveness, the ones of prayer, monetary, we lay them at your feet for your purposes. Set us free. In the name of Jesus we ask this. Amen.